Welcome to the Blue Jeans Christian Podcast, where we unpack and explain the powerful Word of God, making it practical and helpful to your daily life and especially to your job. Did you hear that in the intro there? Practical application of Scripture. And today we're going to learn about a word that we don't use very often, but boy is it amazing when we understand the full meaning and apply it practically to our life. Thank you for joining me on episode 144 of the Blue Jeans Christian Podcast. And today I'm recording this on the Arizona Strip. I often wondered what that meant, and I've figured it out. (laughs) If you can picture a map of the U.S. and where the southern Utah and northern Arizona border is, There's a strip of land going across the top of Arizona that's between that border with southern Utah and the Grand Canyon, and there's nothing there. There's no stores. There's very few buildings, just a whole bunch of open land that's really cool. Lots of side-by-side riding and exploring to do in an area that hasn't been settled. The nearest town, if you live there, to go register your vehicle or whatever is either Page or Flagstaff. And they're a long ways away. But if you have an RV and the ability to boondock, which means stay in your RV for extended periods of time without paying for camping, using solar energy or generators or whatever, and running and getting water when you need, (laughs) it's a great place to camp for a while. There is an airport nearby, so you may hear a plane fly over. It's the St. George Airport, which is within about three-quarters of a mile of the southern Utah border and the Arizona Strip. We're doing a series called How to Be, because we have to be before we can do as a Christian. And God requires us to be certain things and to be certain ways to be like him, and to be like Jesus, to take on his character traits. It's a way of glorifying him, and it's a requirement of us Christians. Today we're going to talk about one of the most fascinating and practical passages in Scripture where Jesus does just that, tells you how to be like him, and how to make an impact for him where you live, in your neighborhood, and in your job to those around you. Because we're here to develop relationships and to make Christianity attractive to others, to lead people to Jesus. You probably remember reading through Scripture or hearing whenever Jesus went places, crowds just came to him, followed him around, or tried to anticipate where he was going and then go there and wait for him to come. They were enthralled with him. And we want people to be enthralled with him also. And since he's not here in bodily form, he is alive in heaven right now. But we're here as his representatives. So we want to live in a way that people see Jesus in and through us. And hopefully then they will ask us why we are different in a good way. And then we get to tell them about Christ. I'm going to read the passage that we're going to discuss today, but there's a word that 
is pivotal to understanding and doing. Pivotal to being and then doing. And of course, pivotal to being like Christ. And it's the word abide. We don't use that word very often today, but we do need to know what it means and we need to do it. So listen for the word abide and how many times it's mentioned in this passage. And then we'll unpack that word abide and make it a lot more practical to our life so that we can be before we do. I'm talking about John 15, verses 1 through 11. And this is Jesus teaching. And he says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them, and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Did you hear that word abide? Were you counting? (laughs) It shows up ten times in that passage alone. Must be an important word, right? So, whenever I see a word that jumps out at me, or is repeated, and especially if it's a word that we don't use very often, I like to really unpack it and get to the meaning, and then see how that meaning then applies to what the words are around it in context, and then apply it to my life. So, let's take a deep look at that word abide. First of all, it's a verb, which is an action word. The original Greek word used here is pronounced meno and means to actively stay and be continually present in a place and not depart. In short, it means to live there. Do you abide in your abode? (laughs) Those words are actually similar because they come from the same root word. The place where you abide is your abode. So, for ten times in this passage, we're told to live there, to take up residence there. And Jesus tells us where there is. Abide in me, he says. Remain united to Jesus by a living faith. Live a life of dependence on Jesus and obey his doctrines. Imitate his examples and constantly exercise faith 
in Him. Be like Him is where you make your home. Something cool in this passage is where Jesus says, If you abide in me, and I in you. If you abide in Jesus, he promises to abide in you also, to make his home in you also. Therefore, when you are trying to live a life as his representative, so that people can see Jesus in you, it works a lot better when he actually is in you, (laughs) right? He comes right out of you and people notice. Then he goes on to give an analogy so that we can understand this a little better, where he uses a branch and a vine and fruit. So think of, you know, like a grapevine. Jesus uses this analogy of being connected to a vine to set the basis for Christian living. Hmm, deep and powerful, this meaning is. (laughs) The vine is the vertical part of the fruit-producing plant, And the branch is the horizontal part that on one end is connected to the vine and at the other end, fruit comes out, hopefully. Now the vine, the vertical part, is connected to the ground and that's where the nutrients come from. Water and, you know, nutrients. (laughs) And it goes up the vine and then out through the branch to produce the fruit. Jesus is the vine, the vertical nutrient-producing part of the plant, and the branch is like a conduit. You are a branch. You're like a conduit. You take the nutrients from the vine, Jesus, and through you comes out the other end, fruit. You can't do that without being connected to him, the vine. Does that make sense? I hope so. Now, he also says that there are some branches that don't produce any fruit. Believe me, we want to produce fruit. Jesus says that there are those that do not produce and they are cut off and thrown into the fire. And those that do produce fruit kind of get pruned so they can produce even more fruit. I'm sure you know what those all mean. If you don't produce any fruit, you're probably not a Christian and therefore... Well, you know. Now, if you are a Christian, people can tell, or God can tell, (laughs) because of the fruit you produce. And God, being the vine dresser, is somebody who comes along and either cuts off the bad ones that don't do anything, just suck nutrients and don't produce anything, or he helps those that do produce fruit to produce even more. He'll prune some of these places here and there and make it grow even more and produce more. If you know much about horticulture and plants, that's that's what you do. You, you, you trim your trees or your bushes or your tomato plants. You trim off the things that don't produce and you make them shorter so that they sprout more and more fruit-producing parts. Okay, enough of that. But I will say this. Is the pruning enjoyable at the time? No, not for the plant and not for us. But through hardships, through learning things, through troubles and trials and things, as James says, count it all joy when you face those kinds of things because the outcome will be more fruit-producing 
and much more glorifying to Christ. Because it says, abiding in Christ bears much fruit. See, we can do nothing without Jesus. The branch cannot produce fruit itself. It must be attached to and gain strength and nourishment from the vine, Jesus. We are a fruitless branch destined for the fire if we are not abiding in and from Jesus. And then he says, My words abide in you. Do you know Scripture? Are you able to come up with a Scripture passage for most circumstances in life? Do you memorize Scripture, or at least know enough about a passage to go find it quickly on your Bible app on your phone? (laughs) Or to find it in the mornings when you're doing your devotionals in the Bible? If you are committed to His Word, you will be committed to His will. Therefore, your prayers will be fruitful. What you read in the Bible will be fruitful because it's applicable to your life that day. And therefore, your life will be fruitful. And you will be a disciple of Jesus. A fruit-producing glory to Him, honoring to Him, leading people to Him, disciple of Jesus. Next it says, if you abide in my love. Jesus' love was for his Father and for people. When Jesus was asked what was the greatest commandment, he said to love God. And the second is like it, to love others. Love is a continued presence in a true believer. And Jesus provided the example we are to follow. In fact, he loved us so much he went to the death for us. Do you want to stand out in today's society as being different, where people come to you and ask you why you're different in a positive way? Show love for others. There isn't much of that going on in the world today. Love is what separates Christ from anything else in the world. His love for us and our love for others is Him coming through us. Love is one of the fruits. I know you were thinking that, right? What are these fruits we're supposed to? Well, there are several. Here's just a few examples. Being Christ-like is a fruit. And being loving of others is one of those. Forgiving one another. Jesus forgave. (laughs) We can forgive others. That's a fruit. Being gracious to others. Letting things that bother you go. You don't have to come back with a comeback. Just smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. (laughs) Being gracious to others. Because Jesus was gracious to us. Having a peace about us. We don't let things bother us or rattle us. We kind of have this even keel. We don't get all fly off the handle one minute and the next minute super down in the dumps and worried and scared and depressed, we have this even keel that is personified as peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And when others can see that in us, they will see Him in us. Generosity. Being generous to others. Jesus was generous to us, right? Giving us eternal life. Wow. 
and so much more. Jesus is generous by giving us a life that is full of joy and to the full, he says in John 10.10. And he says here in the latter parts of this passage also, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. He says in verse 11, All of these are wrapped up in one big package called love. Okay, they're little offshoots of that. If you unpack love, you'll find forgiveness, grace, peace, joy, and being an example of Christ to others. And then he kind of has one more here. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Not only does Jesus tell us to abide in love, but he kind of tells us how by keeping his commandments. Jesus said at other times, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. To love Jesus means 100% devoted to him, his word, the Bible, and his doctrines. Those are the requirements and things that are in the Bible. And if you do what he commands, you will abide in his love. It just comes out that way. Again, Jesus was the example or the pattern that we are to follow. And by the way, his doctrines and commandments are not burdensome. He even tells us that. He takes the majority of the hard things. And you have the easy things. No, really. There's this word picture that he uses of take my yoke upon you, for my burden is light. So if you picture a yoke, which is two oxen yoked together at the neck, Jesus is one of the oxen and the other is you. But if you know anything about that, (laughs) those two teams of that team of oxen, you'll know that one of them is the leader and the other one follows. They both kind of pull together, but one of them is in charge and goes here and there and knows what to do and how hard to pull. And Jesus says, that that one is me. You're just yoked with me. You still got to do some pulling, but I'm the one that knows what to do and is in charge. I do most of the work here. In fact, if you feel burdened or that this load is too heavy, keep pulling, but I'll carry most of the weight. Again, Jesus is the pattern or example for us to follow. And believe me, life is a whole lot easier when we follow his commands and his doctrines. It may not seem easy at first, but it gets easier later. Just like sinful things or worldly things, they're easy at first, but they get really difficult and hard later. Again, following Jesus is a little bit difficult at first, but then it gets easier, and life is a whole lot better, more full, and joyous. And that's why Jesus said, He spoke these things so that His joy may remain in us, and that our joy will be full. You see, His joy then comes to us and becomes our joy. We get that by abiding in Him correctly. Being joyful always comes from abiding always.
in Him. I hope this has been helpful to you and help you grow in Christ and be more and more fruitful for Him and for His glory. Remember, you can connect with me at bluejeanschristian.com where you will find a whole lot of helpful information for Christian growth and for practical application of Scripture to your job. And also, if you would like me to come and speak at your church, I have an RV and would love to do that. If you go to my website and click on the Speaking tab, let's do that. <music>